Hello and welcome to Plot Twists. This is Lane. This is Meg. And today we're talking about Beguiling the Beauty by Sherry Thomas. So this was published in 2012 and is the first in the Fitzhugh trilogy. I actually want to start with this because Beast, which this book is based on, which we reviewed last episode, is a standalone. Yes. And this will not be. No. And I will say for all that, the same premise applies where they're trapped on a boat alone together and there's not a whole lot of secondary characters during that whole segment. The few secondary characters that are introduced in this book are really great. I I really liked them. Yeah, I agree with that. I actually, for all that we'll get there, I didn't love everything about this book. I actually think I would read the rest of the books in this series. Great. Are, are you interested at all, or I am? Yes, I'm interested in reading them. I think I probably will. Mm-hmm. I will say that it, this might come up later. I this was a relatively short book. Yes, and whereas Beast was really long, super long. I could have done with a little less of the secondary characters and a little more of the primary characters here. Yeah. I'm just saying I liked the secondary characters. I did. I did like them. I thought they were well developed. Yes. For secondary characters, especially especially in a book this short. All right, so as usual, we'll start with the book jacket. When the Duke of Lexington meets the mysterious Baroness von Seidelitz-Hardenberg on a transatlantic liner, he is fascinated. She's exactly what he's been searching for, a beautiful woman whose interests entice him. He falls hard and fast and soon proposes marriage. And then she disappears without a trace. For in reality, the Baroness is Venetia Easterbrook, a proper young widow who had her own vengeful reasons for instigating an affair with the Duke. But the plan has backfired. Venetia has fallen in love with the man she despised, and there's no telling what might happen when she is finally unmasked. Okay, so same thing with Beast. Very similar. The book jacket really only covers the premise to get them on the boat. Yeah. And then the whole, like, last three quarters of the book are just not described at all. Yes. Yep. This book is not... I mean, this jacket, excuse me, really doesn't describe much of the book. Right. Also, I would have liked... Well, I mean, I guess... it's, It's hard to explain, like, why she does what she does. And this is like Beast. Yeah. The pretext of why they're hooking up in the dark on a boat under a fake identity. I will say I thought it was way more plausible here than in Beast. Personally. I didn't buy either of them. Yeah. And like this is the other thing and we didn't really talk about the the literal blindfolding and darkness (laughs) pretext in the Beast review a lot but in both cases one of the characters in that case Charles and here it's Venetia is refusing to be seen. Right. I just don't buy that you would never see anything. Yeah. Sure. Like, turning off the lights and making everything really dark, like, you're still getting profiles and general senses, like... Sure. I don't know. I just... It was a little bit... I I just didn't buy it. Sure. Well, as usual, we wrote our own summaries based on a randomly generated number. Yeah. And the number we generated this week was 12. So my 12-word summary is beautiful widow wooed by dinosaur bones, revenge sexes, but falls in love. Also, you know, this is this adds a little bit of the the reason why she falls in love, which is the dinosaur bones. It is archaeology, so if you're wondering if this gets a full star more than Beast for me, just because of archaeology. Just the paleontology slash archaeology, yeah. Yeah, it does. it does. He's more of an archaeologist. She's more of a paleontologist. She's more of a paleontologist. Yeah, this is true. All true. So, you know, you know me and my archaeologists. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You like Christian, I'm just saying. 
shush. <laughs> okay, my, my 12 word summary. To do when slandered by a hottie. Prove him wrong in bed. I will say, um, things I liked about this book. They are both in their late 20s, yes. early 30s. In she's fact, she older. is a smidgen older than he is. Like a year, but yeah, she's still older, which, yeah. you know, they're both, <laughs> we go for it. They're both consenting adults who have lived some life. Yep. He's professionally established as an archaeologist and, and social anthropologist. And he's a duke. And he's a duke. And like the Duke of Dupes, which I'm going to get to in a trope. I've noticed that like a lot of times when a Duke or an Earl or a Marquis is in a romance novel, they make it clear that they're like the premier one. Yeah. Like either so true. he's like the last one who doesn't need to marry for money yeah. or he's got two dukedoms and he's the double duke or yeah. he's Queen Victoria's most trusted advisor. So he's <gasps> the most important. Oh my one. God. It's so true. Like, and this is definitely <laughs> one of those where it's like, he's not just a duke. He's the Duke of Lexington. Yes. Oh <laughs> my God. Oh Becky. my God. <laughs> and she's like been married and widowed twice over. Yep. She has been the town scandal twice yep. over. And so, I just, I felt like they were, even though clearly social dynamics meant they were not equals yeah. in the era, I did really appreciate how equal they felt Yes, yeah, I as a reader. It. Like I was I not worried about like an 18 year old being taken advantage of. Weird. I liked that. Yeah. Okay. Tropes. Um, reputation versus reality. Sort of for both of them. Yeah. And I thought sometimes it was really deftly done and sometimes it was really heavy handed. Yeah. Um, but so she's kind of known as this mercenary beauty. Yes. And he's known as like this ice the, duke. The ice duke. Yeah. Yeah. And the problem came that both of them sometimes think of themselves as that character. Yes. She the, thinks that she literally will say sometimes. Times like, to put on the mask of the great beauty. Yes. Yes. Um, and, and he I, thinks about slipping into the ice duke too. Exactly. So. And then of course there's this whole thing on the boat where she's literally masked, um, but feels more free to be herself. Because her beauty is oppressive. Yeah. Yeah. We'll look, we'll get there. Um, forced proximity. Boat. They're on a boat guys. <laughs> it's going fast. And do you remember that rap? Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, birth control fail. Well, in this case, it's not birth control. Yeah, because she's oh god, yes, she's barren. She believes she's barren, so she tells him they don't have to use birth control. Yeah, that's right. And it turns out it she was not. actually for her first husband yeah. and not her. Yeah, yeah. The fake identity on her part this time. Yeah, paleontology. Yeah. She talked about this. She's one. a women scientist who's been repressed women by scientists. the men. Yep. And uh, we already talked about this, but the best Duke of all the Dukes. All the Dukes. Okay. And once again, we have a fairy tale. Yes. Plot, once again, we've got obviously. Um, so we talked about this a little bit in the acknowledgments of this book. Sherry Thomas cites um, Judith Ivory, whose novel Beast inspired this novel. It sure did. Oh, it's a gender swap of that book. Yeah, this is a fanfic. This is a gender. This is a fanfic of, of Beast. Yeah. So let's let's talk about what we've got in common. So yes, we've got the love affair on a boat during a transatlantic crossing. Yep. The affair is carried out in a foreign language. Yep. The one participant in the affair can never see the other. Yes. The woman becomes pregnant from the affair. Kill me. The woman is the most beautiful person in the world. I think the highlight of this one for me was when they go to get married and the priest, like the, because I guess they're Anglican or whatever. Yep. So the, whatever you call priest the when you're not Catholic. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. 
basically almost proposes to her on the spot. Yeah, like, are you sure you want to marry this guy? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, what is going on? She's like, this happens all the time, okay? <laughs> <laughs> It's fine. I mean, I really thought it was fun. Yeah. You know? Like, if you're gonna make someone the most beautiful woman in the world, go like, all the way. make it traffic stopping. Right? Yep. Do it. Um, and the man falls under her spell the first time he sees her. And in this case, in fact, he sees her when he's like 18 years old. I thought it was a little different though. Cause in this one, like you said, he sees her at 18 and just like falls in love with her face. Whereas yeah. in Beast, he sees her painting and that like helps convince him he made a good decision marrying her and when he sees her in real life he's like he's captivated he's still like yeah she's amazing but he's not falling for her looks looks first he's falling for his vanity first possibly you know what i mean like it's not what makes him want to seduce her more than anything else is his own pride not how beautiful she is where in this case Christian is definitely just all about the Just all about the beauty. Looks. He doesn't know. He's never talked to her. He's right. never, he has never talked to her. Ever. Yeah. Um, she appreciates that he sees her as uh, the real her. But and what was interesting about Beast is clearly he does see how pretty she is. Yes. So. And yet somehow she falls in love with him yeah. on, on the boat with the, the, his, fa- his fake identity because she feels that he sees her for who she really is. Even though he can see her face. Right, right. Even right. though he can see her face. I'm not saying it's despite her beauty or no, whatever. No, I know. It's very different here very in different. that, like, what, one of the things I think the Baroness takes comfort in yes. is she is seducing a man without the use of her yeah. greatest asset. Yes, yes. And then in this book, she, well, in both books, the woman smells like Jasmine. I think this was a very obvious allusion to that one because there's a reason Jasmine, because he's. In the other book, there's a reason for the Jasmine yeah, in this book. Here, it's just no her reason. perfume. And I mean, can you think of anything else? I cannot. This, this was everything I could think of. It doesn't mean that there's not something else, but. No, I think that was. That pretty much covers it. Yeah. Like, the one thing I will say is I might be biased because you told me to read Beast first and that we'd be doing both of them. But this did feel a little bit more like a writing exercise first mm-hmm. to me. And sure. like the character development came second. Sure, yeah. Like, did you get that sense at all? Or is um, this just something I'm projecting because of... I, I, so even though they were very similar and obviously this one was inspired by the other mm-hmm. one, I mean, it acknowledges... Right, yeah, no, it does. ...that it was inspired by this one. I I thought that the characters were different enough and I thought the writing was different enough that for me it didn't feel like a writing exercise. I think but. this really came through for me with Venetia. Uh-huh. So Venetia's got two dead husbands. Two dead husbands, yeah. The first um, died under suspicious circumstances and left her Destitute. Destitute. So the second husband she married for money and then carried on an affair right under his nose, or so the Ton thinks. Yes. And so I thought the weight of that didn't, like, I felt like that was her character. Sure. Like, hot, tragic widow. I feel like I didn't get as much of her as I would like. Like, she was a really devoted sister, and she was... Yeah. And we'll get to this, and I put this under sexiness, but, like, once again, we have a woman widowed twice over who could have had whatever freedom she wanted, and the only person she's ever had sex with is her first husband. Yeah. 
Like, I just don't feel like I got as much of her as a character. Yeah. As I would have wanted. Well, I did feel like... I did feel like she was completely informed by her beauty in a way in a different way than Louise was. And I just feel like a 28-year-old who's been widowed twice and gone through, like, the shit might have had more perspective on life. Yes, possibly, yeah. Yeah. Or maybe she did. I just don't... You didn't see it. I feel like her whole personality was her past and this plot. Yeah. Well, and that's why I'm saying that I wanted... I wanted a little more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, give me more of Venetia. Give me more of um, Christian. Right. You know, I wanted more of them separately and together. And I think you sort of saw it as a byproduct of the novel just being short. Yes. And I viewed it more as the, okay, so she made the changes she had to make to write this fanfic. Yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah. So I talked about this when I read Beast, but I felt like it had the surprise quality to the prose. Where yeah. I would read it and I would be like, wow, that was really original. That was really cool. Um, and I feel like Sherry Thomas does do that a little bit. Yeah. So I would say she does this really cool thing where she manages to convey the emotional state of the characters through their physical state. Okay. So she won't say something like, she was so angry. She was, she threw the flowers on the ground and stomped on them, mm-hmm. which it's fine. You know, like she was so angry that she did this thing. Could great. But she wrote, for example, her anger blazed to a firestorm. It roared in her ears. Her fingertips were hot with the desire for violence. And I just felt like it was really evocative. Like, this yeah. real, like we've all felt that like rush of like heat where you want to just, you do want to grab something and throw it across the room because you're so pissed off. Yeah. Um, and so here she manages to convey that state without the actual action. Yeah. So I, I liked that. And that carries through the rest of her writing yes. too. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. So, um, I thought that was really cool. Yes. You, the characters here also, for all that I do think they're less well-developed than in Beast, they are both better people. Oh my <laughs> God. So which, much more Which made this a lot more enjoyable for oh, me. Like, so I much. wanted to root for them. Yes. Yes. Uh, so, I, he was the perfect kind of bad boy where he did something that was really pretty... Un- Unforgivable, but it also wasn't bad boyish. It wasn't bad boyish. I, I maybe bad boy is the wrong thing. Yeah. But, um. I'm trying to say it's really early in the book. He's heard by her and by people in society making disparaging remarks about a mystery woman. Yeah. He, it's, but he's, he's not just everybody here knows as her. He's not just overheard. He. It, this is like an academic lecture. Yeah. So a packed lecture hall. Here's he says him. insults. A woman who anyone who knows her anyone would know who is knows her. anything about society gossip would know that it's her. Yeah, and I mean, what a horrible thing! Like it's just awful. Yeah. I can like, I work at a research institution, and I can imagine someone at one of these huge events. They go to do this lecture, and then as a part of the lecture, they make this personal cutting remark about someone else. Oh my God! Like this would be even today, this would be such a scandal. Yeah. Um, I mean, just really horrible. But he's the best kind of person who who does something like this because he he already feels bad about it. Yeah. So I hate it where the the person who does something bad has to learn that it's bad and they learn a lesson through their relationship or something like that. And he he immediately yeah. regretted it. Immediately he was like, oh, I should not have done that. Yeah. I I cannot believe that I did that. That was really caddish. And it was also sort of a private moment of angst 
being he, articulated. That he is now, yeah, exactly, yeah. shared with the world. Because he, in spite of never having spoken to her, has made a lot of suppositions about who she is as a person yeah. and resents her because yeah. she really has like plagued his sleep for a decade. Oh yeah. I mean like his every erotic fantasy or and dream is about Venetia. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not going to say that I disliked that. <laughs> no, the fact that she was like the object of his ardor that intensely was for, forever for his entire like adult life yep uh, you know that he you found our weak spot well and like sh- and he's an archaeologist like, never <laughs> also forget. helps hashtag never forget um but yeah sh- and venetia is like a good person who's been through a lot who loves her family who's yeah. got this great relationship with her sister and her sister-in-law and her brother yeah and i feel like i i feel like she's made peace with her life she knows that there are things in her past that were tough she knows that people talk about her but she's she's basically like okay I can live with this and then to have this person who she's never met yeah bring it up but ultimately you still like want them to figure it out of course together. of course so and that's the thing that's why I'm saying like they're 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 a, they're a good match as well yes um so you can see them being good together yes okay so yeah both much more sympathetic than um beast yes than either of the characters in beast uh, so Beast was a total and complete standalone. We talked about this already, um, and this book sets up the next two. So I think that's a little bit of a, well, it's a big difference. It's a huge difference, yeah. Um, so Both we, because, I mean, with the exception of sort of her parents and one of his uncles. Yeah. There are no other characters. Charles really. and Lulu are the only two characters in Beast, yeah. really. And this one, that's not the case. Her little sister is having an affair with a married man. Her brother and his wife have their own drama. Her yeah. brother's best friend's in love with her little sister. Yeah. like, And he's got this stepmother yes. who's great, very important in his life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can I talk about how hard I laughed? This is a minor spoiler, but it's for secondary characters and it's its backstory. So he hated his father. Yeah. His stepmother hated his father. They hated his father together. She basically raised him. And after her father, his father died, she took up a paramour. And he walked in on them in an indelicate situation, assumed she was being murdered or like attacked. Or attacked or raped. Jumped the guy. And like, like beat, beat him, him into off. like a pulp. <laughs> And then realized after his stepmother explained that it was in fact consensual and then she married him. Yeah. It, I mean, it was, it was, but it was really funny. So it was great. I mean, this is, this is the thing is like her secondary characters are great. And I mean, obviously we've talked about this with Lady Sherlock because her secondary characters there too are just amazing. Yes. But they're, I mean, carries through here as well. Just really good. Um, so as usual, Sherry Thomas is on point with these courtesy titles. She's amazing. So, you know, their author's notes, her author's notes. I actually read it. I actually read it. Yes. Was about the courtesy title. Was about the fact that his mother, stepmother is still your grace. Yes. Love you. Love you. I love you, Sherry. Yeah, no, it was so so good. So good. And it made sense as an explanation that like, no, in the peerage, she wouldn't have been a your grace, but it was very customary for women to still be referred by their to by their husband's title mm-hmm. if they married lower mm-hmm. especially if their child was now yep. the beer of the realm god so oh. good. so good so, so good. good so good I, no problem absolutely never never once had a problem with this in any of sherry thomas's books no she's great so. so this is an overall criticism of both this book and beast mm-hmm. i feel like books where the whole plot 
is about like a reluctant seduction yeah should be more seductive should be yeah like both books i feel like i didn't find that hot or that compelling no i agree and we've had this conversation a couple of times lately where there have been books that should have been about the build up to the relationship whether they were intentionally keeping themselves apart or they were trying to like make this big seduction scheme. And I don't think I've read one lately that really did a good job of the almost. Yeah. Or of the slow seduction or of the slow burn. Like yeah. I just I didn't find this seduction very compelling and that's a bummer because that's the whole point. Yeah. 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 Would have been would have been nice. Uh, offensiveness. I, it was really tough for me to think of anything super offensive in this book. Um, there is a reference to a, a young Swain stealing a kiss from someone else, which, yes, is non-consensual, but also very hard for me to get really worked up about. Yeah, and I... You've got the, like, obviously her, she's lying about her identity and so consent's in question, but like, that's just the whole premise. It's not like there was a particular of any encounter that bothered me. It was yeah. just the idea overall. Yeah. Um, there's some emotional abuse referenced from her first husband. So I guess more of a trigger warning. Yeah. Um, but and I guess he does, spoiler alert, commit suicide. Her first husband. Her first husband. Yeah. So, spoiler alert, if you're easily triggered by suicide in books. Yeah. Um, um, but between the two of them, other than, like, her fundamental lie about who she was, yeah. Yeah. there wasn't really anything that bothered me. I actually, and props to Sherry Thomas, and this is sort of between offensiveness and sexiness, Beast, as we discussed, he really, even though he respected her let's not have sex for a little while. He was very forceful physically mm -hmm. with her. Yeah. Like physically forceful to the point then that he did have sex with her quest under questionable consent. But like he wanted to like lay make his mark on her. So yeah. he was like grabbing her and pawing at her and making out with her in public. This book never did that. No, not once. From the moment they get married until the moment the conflict is resolved, they keep their hands totally off one another. And while on the one hand that's disappointing because, like, that's a lot of not touching for a romance novel, I did appreciate that we didn't have any of that, like, hate sex yeah. or, like, forceful sex. No hate where sex I, which I like, like that, Given yeah. that this was based on Beast, I saw it coming. Yeah. And then when it was deftly avoided, I was like, props to Sherry Thomas. Yes, yes. Uh, so let's, we're going to go a little bit spoilery here. So flash forward a minute. Two minutes, three minutes. Yeah. Um, her second husband was gay. Yes. So the reason that she married him was basically so that, because she was poor. Um, he was a family friend. He was a family friend. He wanted a beard. He wanted a beard. And so her, the entire, the whole reason she married him and then had an affair with someone else was to get that other dude in the house. Right. So she had an affair, air quotes, with her husband's lover. Right. So her husband and this guy were the ones actually having an affair. She just pretended to have the affair so that there would be an excuse right. for that man to be around a lot. And then there's all, there were all these horrible rumors spread about how she wasn't at her husband's bedside when he died. Yes. And that's true. Because, because she was allowing her, his lover to be with him while she kept his whole family at bay. Exactly. So it was all very sweet actually. Yeah. It was very much, it reminded me of, um, that book we just read for book club. 
Station Eleven? No, the one before that with the AIDS epidemic. Oh, um, the Great Believers. Yes. It reminded me a little bit of um, the Great Believers and all those stories that you hear about the AIDS epidemic and people. Um, making other people their wills or adopting people so that they could be together at their their bedside or right. their, their deathbeds. Um, so yeah. So anyway, I thought it was really well done. Um, a lot of times when we have references to queer relationships in in historical romances, there's something it problematic like about it. Or right. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was just, it was very modern in its right, like he, it. And in, not in an anachronistic way. Right. He was an old family friend. She already knew he was gay. He wasn't risking outing himself. He was happy to help her. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, get more access to his lover. Like, exactly. it, was, it worked out for both of them. Yeah. Um, I did say this, but she's, as you, she's married to a gay guy. Yeah. Who's yeah. having it, sleeping with somebody else. She never slept with him. Yeah. She only slept with her shitty first husband. The one's been celibate for like eight years. Yeah, go get go get some girl from someone you want to do. Especially if you think you're barren. Yeah. Yeah, right? Exactly. And even if it turns out you're not barren, who cares? You're, you're married. married. He's not going to care. Anyway. Yeah, we yeah, both her. wouldn't have minded it. I just... It reminds me of um, Never Judge a Lady by Her Cover. Remember, we were like, get some, girl. Yes, like, yes. you have every excuse to do it. And every so access do to do it. Come you're, like, on. Your society, you've made an agreement to sneak around and look like you're having an affair. So... So have more than one. Have more than affairs. You know what your husband's going to say when it's around town that you're fucking four people? Nothing, because he's gay and he's fucking the first guy they say you're fucking. <laughs> no one will care. Do it. Do it. Just do it, girls. You know, when you're married for someone to provide cover for him, be engaged, go fuck someone. And especially, okay, fine. I get that she didn't cheat on her first husband. And okay, fine. I get that when she needed a second husband to get her out of destitution, she needed to stay respectable. But from that point forward, once you've made the agreement to marry the gay guy, get some. Yeah, do it. And Um, not, not let your first affair be driven by hatred. Yeah, yeah. So speaking of getting some... How how sexy was his book? Not spoiler, not not so super sexy. It's comparable to the Lady Sherlock series, yeah, which aren't romance novels. I know, like I don't have a problem with it there because that's not the point of the book. <laughs> but here, this is kind of the point of the book. Yeah. So you know, like the, their first sex scene is like super rushed. But that's what I'm saying. There's no slow seduction and here. And then after that, there's it's just the they went in the bedroom. And came out later satisfied. She woke up on his chest. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, give me give me more. Sherry, give me more. I believe in you. <laughs> you can do it. You can do you it. You can do it. Oh gosh. It's just it's also hard because the covers are very misleading. Yeah, they are. It's they, a really sexy cover. It's a really sexy cover, and it's that like woman in an elegant dress with like a like showing off her like pulling up the dress. Yeah. So you, I just everything about the marketing of it led me to believe this was going to be R rated, and and it was not PG PG thirteen maybe. I don't even think thirteen. I mean, well. We'll discuss the rating system later. Okay, we'll come up with our own. But I mean, but overall, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did enjoy this. I, I enjoyed it. I do think that I, I truly do think I enjoyed it more having read Beast. I think, I think it was really true. fun to compare. And I do think this either needed forty more pages of like 
sex sex of who they were <laughs> or and or 40 more pages of sex both both give me both give me both Sherry. yeah I think if you'd given me just a little more between them and like I get that this is the premise of the book especially having Red Beast and I get that like from them getting off the ship to them making up they couldn't speak but that just it got a little boring it did and then in Beast 2 like it's the same conflict over and over variations on I can't tell you what who I was it is very um I will say it was very angsty in that sense yeah but yeah. I don't know if that's like a Sherry Thomas thing or a I wrote a Beast, Beast fanfic thing. I wrote a Beast fanfic thing, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was it. There was a lot of relationship angst because she couldn't tell him who she was, and then when she did, he was really upset, and then she was pretending to be someone else. And, mm, just a like, lot of- let's just fundamentally break it down. One person being sensorily deprived should be hot. Yeah. It should. And that never really came into play in either yeah. one. Like the right? idea of like needing to us, navigate by touch. Give us some blindfolds. There were know? blindfolds. Well, not in this one, but... No, they were. He oh, had a silk blindfold. You're right. You're right. There were blindfolds. There was like But they definitely just weren't used for purposes that I would have wanted to read about. Or yeah. at least not explicitly. Right. Like, exactly. Get me in his head. The experience of being blindfolded. Look, we're we've already got the excuse to be blindfolded, so like and that's half the battle. That's, that's what I'm saying, girl. <laughs> so I don't. I was just, and that's what I think I mean by this book about seduction wasn't that seductive. Yeah, like they had sex. I know they had sex. They had sex. They had sex on the boat, and then they didn't have sex for a long, long time. They actually don't have sex again in text. They do at the end. Mm-hmm. But it's not explicit. It's they go up in his room and they like have a great time and then they come down. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. you don't you no. know they go upstairs. Yeah. There's no sex scene. Yeah, it's it's a cut scene. <laughs> right. They don't like have sex in the text. Yeah. Again. Yeah. You just know they start having sex again. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't count. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we're, we we're agreeing. I won't call that having sex. Okay, okay, that's fair. If I'm not getting a description about what his mouth is doing or what her mouth is doing, it does not count. That's that's true. You, we only know about their feet walking up the stairs. Right. Or, I mean, I'll even give them hands. <laughs> yeah. Didn't have it. Yeah. I will say this did add one of my favorite things, which is like the sitcom resolution where they gather gather, like all the family members all in one room where the couple is just trying to get off and fuck and they got to like deal with all the family coming in i do love that look was it funny yes would i have replaced that with a sex scene i don't want to replace it no but i'm just like i just want to expand i think it, it demonstrates where the priorities were true yeah characterization as we have seen, whatever characterization through sex is a thing. It is a thing. It is a thing. So I'm, I'm down for that. <laughs> As always, thank you guys so much for listening. If you enjoy our podcast, we'd love it if you could rate, review, and subscribe. And we'll talk to you next time.